Today's scripture lesson comes to us from the 16th chapter of Matthew, verses 21 through 28. Hear these words from the Lord. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. At the ripe old age of 12, I was 4 feet 9 inches of non-athletic 7th grade humanness. But I decided to join the junior high track team anyway. I suppose that in itself wasn't a totally bad decision. However, when I decided that I would run the 100-yard hurdles, my decision instantly went from not too bad to totally insane. You see, my, in my immature naive, naivety, I didn't stop to think that the hurdles went up to here, and somehow I was supposed to get my whole body over that object. After a couple weeks of practice, I could, with some effort, get my leading leg over each hurdle, but my trailing leg was a different story. Of course, it always followed where the leader went, but never willingly, and it grazed every hurdle as I went along. For two and a half months, I practiced this one event, Monday through Friday, and attempted to compete in it at the Saturday track meets. For two and a half months, I hoped that I would be able to get over the hurdles without any problems. But I never did get any taller, and the hurdles never got any shorter, And I never got through a course without hitting every hurdle on the way down to the finish line. For two and a half months, therefore, I had a really rough time and an almost permanent bruise that extended from three inches above my knee to three inches below it. By the end of the season, I had decided that the hurdles were the creation of some sadistic mind somewhere. They had become both literal and figurative stumbling blocks 
for me and my track career. As I continued to stumble over the obstacles and rebruise my knee every day, they served to derail a track career that had barely had time to get started. You see, my seventh grade brain didn't realize that the stumbling blocks didn't need to be there. I could have picked a different event that promised a smoother route to the finish line. But for whatever reason, my coaches didn't try to talk me into middle distance races or long jump that were much better suited for my body size, even if it was painfully obvious that I was way out of my element trying to run the hurdles. So what could have been a minor setback with the right guidance instead became a death knell to my love of running. I let the hurdles, the stumbling blocks in my path, turn into a permanent roadblock. Everybody experiences stumbling blocks at some point during his or her earthly lifetime. This truth for us today was also a truth 2,000 years ago. Today's scripture lesson tells us that even Peter and Jesus experienced stumbling blocks during their time on earth. Peter, who just moments before this exchange happened, had proclaimed Jesus to be the Messiah, the Son of the living God, encountered many stumbling blocks along the way to his glory. We know many of the stories. Peter was the one who encountered a stumbling block in the water as he tried to walk out of the boat to his teacher. He questioned having to forgive his brother seven times for the same offense. He fell asleep in the garden when he was supposed to be keeping watch. And eventually, Peter would be the one to resort to violence at Jesus' arrest and then deny that he even knew who Jesus was. All of these were obstacles in Peter's way to realizing the true nature of Jesus Christ. In this passage, though, we learn of yet another of Peter's stumbling blocks. Peter heard his Lord and Master proclaim that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. It was a stumbling block to Peter's belief of Jesus' ministry and mission. How could anything good happen if the Messiah died? So in his denial of what had to happen, Peter took Jesus aside to rebuke him, not merely to plead with him to come to his senses or tell him that he should stay away from from harm, but to rebuke him. Peter actually pulled Jesus away from the crowd and proceeded to chew him out and scold him for being so stupid. Once again, Peter stumbled over an obstacle placed between him and Jesus. In doing so, however, this time Peter also threw up a stumbling block in front of Jesus, one that tried to make him step off the path of suffering and torture that God had ordained for him. And rightly so, Jesus took offense and took it, took it seriously. And no wonder he said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Peter needed to be reminded that God's ways were not man's ways. The divine plan for the kingdom of heaven was not to be pleasing to the human eye, nor logical to the human mind, 
an eye that saw suffering every day, and a mind that couldn't comprehend how death could usher in the change that people were expecting. Yet Peter's obstacle was just a minor inconvenience compared to what Jesus knew he was destined to face. Jesus knew what his stumbling blocks were, and he knew that they were going to be big, and they were going to be devastating. Jesus knew he was to be vilified, arrested, and put on trial by both the Sanhedrin and Pontius Pilate. Jesus would be disowned by the masses and imprisoned at the urging of the crowd. He was to be stripped and scourged and forced to carry his own instrument of torture through the streets of Jerusalem and up a hill called the Place of the Skull. And finally, he would have a crown of thorns pressed brutally into the tender flesh of his head and be nailed to a cross and be forced into a slow and agonizing death by suffocation and exposure. Peter and Jesus both faced many obstacles along the path of life. Yet each of them had a life that was much more than the stumbling blocks that they faced. God used each of them for much bigger things. Peter was the one whom Jesus called the rock upon which he would build his church. Despite his shortcomings, Peter was instrumental in growing the young Christian movement among the Gentiles during Pentecost. He grew the church in Joppa and Antioch and Rome and even became the first recognized pope of the Roman Catholic Church. God used the stumbling blocks that Peter often tripped over to give him a measure of faith that was strong enough to support the foundation of the church for millennia to come. Jesus also powered through the obstacles laid down in front of him. He endured the persecution of religious and political leaders, the humiliation of being labeled a criminal and a heretic, the physically exhausting stress of sweating until he bled, and the agony of torture and having stakes driven through his hands and feet. Yet he came out on the other side of these stumbling blocks to conquer the grips of death that separated us from God. Brothers and sisters, there's a lesson in this scripture for us today. Like Peter and Jesus and everyone else who has come before us, we all face stumbling blocks that get in the way of everything. It's no different with the spiritual aspects of life either. We live in a broken world. It's a world where there are numerous obstacles just waiting to derail our connection to God. Some of us have been hurt by those who were supposed to love us and struggle to get past the pain to accept that God's love is vastly different from what we have known. Some of us get stuck on the quest for things, the nice homes, fancy cars, and exotic vacations, and forget that God is the one who provided it all in the first place. Still others get caught up in the busyness of life and fail to take time to attend to the things of God. We all, at one time or another, throw up hurdles in the path to our own righteousness. And thus we have a decision to make. Are we going to let the hurdles become roadblocks to Jesus? Are we going to be so soured by our faltering along the path that we stop in our tracks and seek something else that we hope can fulfill our spirits? Or are we going to deny the power to the stumbling blocks, persevere through to the finish line, 
and let God use us to grow his kingdom. Jesus called Peter Satan. In doing so, he taught him that discipleship was not an easy prospect. It's a lesson that we need to learn today as well. Suffering and pain is a given in this world. But God has promised us that this is not the end. Jesus is our comfort and our salvation. But we cannot make the things of this world our gods and expect to find the hope in that one promise. To find the comfort in the divine, we must refuse to give in to our worldly hurdles. Life will probably leave us battered, but we can be assured that Jesus has paid the price for our bruises. One day soon he will come in the presence of angels and lower the height of our stumbling blocks. Then we will truly know his kingdom. Until then, we can bask in the mercy and the grace of the one who we call Lord and Savior, knowing that he is using us in spite of our shortcomings to be his agents of love and grace to a world full of people who have been bruised and battered by the hurdles in the past. By his grace, we will help each other to power through the stumbling blocks to the finish line, where we can finally rest knowing that we are children of a father whose abundant grace and overflowing love is more than enough for all of us. Amen and amen.